Rika Technologies and GotAnAppIdea.com present this week's episode of Incubate This in partnership with The Rika Show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Incubate This in podcast partnership with The Rika Show. We've gotten a lot of requests over the last month, month or two, uh, to know more about the team. Uh, what, what are our backgrounds, what are our histories, who are we? And so we're going to do a getting to know you series where you'll get to meet mm-hmm. each of us <laughs> and, uh, learn a little bit about us. And today we are starting with Mr. Grant Parks, who is the CTO of Rika Technologies and very, very instrumental in uh, our execution for our clients. So we'll jump right in. So why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself, uh, how you got into programming and software, you know, how'd you get interested in this? Um, my stepfather worked for Martin Marietta back in the 70s and 80s and brought home a TRS-80 computer. It was going to work on a side project with a friend and he never touched the computer, but the only desk available was in my bedroom. So it was right there and I started playing with it and it didn't take long before I was like, this is what I want to do. It found me, you know, I didn't decide at some point, um, I want to be a software guy. I want to be a programmer. It just kind of, it was there. I played with it and went, Oh my God. Um, and I ended up taking the first computer courses they offered at my high school as a senior. And yeah, by the end of that few months in, I just knew that this is what I wanted to do uh, with my life and managed to get a scholarship, um, kind of surprised me that it all happened and uh, went to a, a city college and that's what I studied and got a job partway through my college career at MCI and there I went. Where'd you grow up? Um, mostly Florida and Southern California but I moved here in 1978 when I was only 13 so kind of lived most of my life here in Colorado but um, before that I was a coastal kid. What do you wish that you had known when you started out? That's really hard in terms of started out at different stages in the industry. There are things I wish I had, you know, when I saw the the internet and I didn't even get a PC for about four or five years when people started getting them because I was like, yeah, I work on worked on mainframes. I was like, this is my career and this will keep going. So, eh, that's a fad. You know, I kind of just like, eh, that's for kids to play with at home. Um, so I definitely wish that I had been more uh, prescient, as prescient, whatever is that the word that seen ahead that, boy, everything was going to go here. Um, I don't know, you know, in terms of what I wish I, I, I think that what I wish I knew when I started out is um, not in the technical area as much, but in the organizational area, knowing that there was a lot more to a career than just doing the actual work. But that's, I can't think that's kind of part of our motivation for starting our own business is getting back to, you know, I don't want to spend my time in meetings. I don't want to spend my time um, really fighting against things to do the right things. Um, If you work in your own business with the right people, then you don't have to fight to do the right things because they see it too. What is it about Rika Technologies, about gotanappidea.com that got you excited to spend several years of your life at what could be called the pinnacle of your career, building something totally new with a new concept. Why take the leap? Um, it's kind of a carrot and stick. You know, there's pain and pleasure there. Um, not in terms of 
in terms of I didn't want to do what I've always done was was a big part of it was you know it's been sort of the same over and over and over again going to work for uh, larger organizations it's kind of the same thing over and over again and in the beginning it's new and you learn and then you fall right into I think the same for me the same traps um, so I didn't want that and really uh terms of success I feel like the only thing limiting oneself is oneself what one thinks one can do and what one goes for and continuing to go work for somebody else wasn't going to be any more success than I had ever achieved just marginally more over time of course um, and then the idea of being able to work on things where most of the most of what you're doing is working on things learning thinking planning trying um, versus let's go to a meeting. Let's let's go talk to these guys about something we know that we're not going to be able to do anyway. <laughs> you know, all, all these all these different things that come up in an organization. And, and, you know, sort of like what they said in that movie, you know, I can work my butt off and the stock of the owner is going to go up a quarter point. What's in it for me? I'm working my butt off nights and weekends. So I'd rather work nights and weekends for me. What has been your biggest success in your mind so far in your career? Oh, boy. I, I feel like, you know, not to be immodest, but at, at several places that I've worked, I really revolutionized how they were doing what they did because my thing has always been to write stuff that other people could use to write stuff. That's been my main thing throughout my career, most of what I've worked on actually hasn't been assigned work. It's been stuff that I saw that I wanted to do that I thought would help me in my development and I could tell would help other people. Um, I've done that in several places, some that were revolutionary. You know, really, I mean, when you start out in assembler and stuff, you kind of see things differently when you take compiler classes and things like that. So you have ways of doing things that other people just don't even see or think of. From a very objective point of view, I think there was a there was a project I worked on many years ago that um, I came up with an idea that I thought would save people a lot of time. My boss had me demo it to the higher ups at the company, and they looked at each other and said, "We can do that thing we wanted to do." And they came back and explained to me this plan that they had, and and I did the whole thing from top to bottom, working with everybody in, in the company from the marketing department down to the guys on the loading dock that actually loaded tapes from our computers into boxes to ship off to people, you know, printing the, the shipping invoices automatically with the tape. And I worked with everybody in the company and that turned into a, a product that had been a loss leader that they would just include for their clients into a huge cash cow product. And they actually could have one person on a phone taking orders and putting this stuff in and generating the output coming out the back door. They made many millions off this. And it was a product that they just couldn't have done until I did something technically that said, this is possible. And they, they went, oh, this is possible. Um, so I, I kind of consider that, you know, it was a long time ago. Um, but I think from an objective point of view, I, I, I created a product for a company that they made many, many millions off of. And I got a plaque. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was actually, um, I, have, I still have, have it um, because I was the first person that EDS slash Neodata had ever recognized for innovation. Wow. And 
So That's that was cool. cool. What's been your most important failure so far? The thing that you've learned from the most or that has guided you how to be better in life or in your career? You know, these are hard questions. <laughs> uh, biggest failure. I definitely regret a few career moves, basically changing jobs. Um, looking back, like, wow, that it was really enticing. And I took the offer. And two months later, the company shut down, things like that. Um, and then, you know, and that was during the dot com crash. So that led me into a three year period of unemployment or underemployment. But then again, that's also what put me into the web at the time. So I guess you, you almost never know what's a mistake at the time. And, and sometimes they're both things. To be honest, I would say my mouth is my, has been my biggest mistake, my ex- expressing myself and almost always kind of coming at things in most organizations from an outsider point of view of like, well, if this is the way you've always done it, it's probably wrong um, because you haven't looked at it much. Um, so I kind of always came into organizations and kind of tore things up and turned them into a whole different thing. And that upsets a lot of people. And, um, you know, I could have been smoother about that, about that process. Um, you know, it's the, the people factor, I think, has been my biggest mistake is not acknowledging, not realizing how important that that could be. If you could give one piece of advice to 18-year-old you, what would it be? Don't get married. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I would say, because this is kind of going back to my mistakes, um, I would say it's choose where to put your effort and your time career-wise wisely. Uh, There are a lot of things that I've worked on and done that were, I think, really, like I used the word monumental before, some of them were revolutionary but they weren't in line with where technology was going necessarily. And so by the time it was that thing was done, I was looking around and saying, oh, people are going in a different direction now. I just perfected something people aren't going to use anymore. <laughs> um, you know, get it, make sure you get, get your rewards for your effort. Um, I spent a lot of time working nights and weekends. I worked almost every day of the year, most of the most years, when working for somebody else on a salary. And it wasn't on projects that I was assigned. It was just on stuff that I wanted to do that I thought, and it did make things better, but the recognition isn't always there for that kind of stuff. And I'm not saying you shouldn't do it, but figure out how to get recognized for it because you're doing something that other people haven't done yet. Um, Look out for yourself. Would you say that for you your biggest source of motivation is the recognition and the, the expertise and, and what comes with that from a person, you know, a perception perspective rather than money necessarily. Sort of like how you feel about yourself based on those things. Um, no, I mean it, it's been a very important thing. I, one of those people that likes a lot of external validation to use a cliche, you know, I want to hear people say that I've done good. I don't want people to tell me I'm good or I'm smart. I just want them to say what I did was really good. Um, but then a lot of the satisfaction is just it itself, the work, the software, looking at it. I get a huge amount of pleasure out of seeing something, seeing software get better 
get smaller and sharper and less ugly to look at and less error prone when I can see what it's doing. And there is a lot of satisfaction just from that. I mean, that's what drove me to work those nights and weekends. It wasn't um, to get somebody's thanks, because like I said, it, it's not that recognized. Usually you get it from a few colleagues and that's about it. Um, but it's just knowing that it's better and it's better and it's better and it's better and it's better. You know, sort of the same satisfaction you get out of maybe um, remodeling your house. You know, every little move you make and you look at it and go, ah, that's nicer than it was before. Um, that's been a big motivation. What are you curious about right now? I'm kind of curious about where things are going technology-wise. I'm definitely curious about that. But I don't think about it a lot because you kind of just have to go with, to a certain percent, you have to go with what's there. Um, I'm curious about my future. I'm curious about our future. You know, every every day, every meeting with a new client makes little parts in my brain go, ooh, this is getting bigger and bigger, more and more exciting. Um, and realizing that that unknown that's coming, that's the only exciting stuff there is, is the unknown. If it's known, you know, I'm bored. Uh, so really, that's what I'm curious about is, is our future. Tell me something that's true that almost nobody agrees with you on. So many. <laughs> My time zone thing is one. It's a small thing, but I think we shouldn't have time zones. It's just a concept, and it just screws things up, and it's an amazing cost to our society technologically is to have these time zones because it causes so much complication of coordinating things. We live in a global world, and yet we have to sit here and think about everybody's in their own little slice of a couple hours and, and just like, no, we should just abolish time zones and everybody just gets used to a relative, you know, the same time. Well, when people say looks don't matter. That's another one. But it's, that's more of cliche. People look at things shallowly and, you know, I would say somebody has to look good to you. They have to be attractive to you. And that does matter. You can't be with somebody you're not attracted to. So looks do matter. Um, little things like that, cliche things that people just kind of say and go along with. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? President. <laughs> I'd like to be, I'd like to be a politician. Really? Mm-hmm. Why? Um, again, I mean, I, it, it's like making things better. It's like making a system better because, um, if you just back up and look at it, right, it's just a giant system, the legislation that we do and how that affects behaviors and economics, and the outcome for everybody. And so I feel like that there's a lot of um, a lot of solutions out there that we haven't hit on that are just, you know, using some creativity and some smarts. We could save a lot of money or we could save a lot of pain for people or that kind of thing. And I feel like it's ripe, you know, that there's all kinds of places where the system could be cleaned up and made more efficient and made better. So it's kind of the same thing. All right, last question. If you were a superhero, what would your superpower be? To move in time. I mean, that kind of covers everything. I can, I can relive history. I could speak with historical figures. I could go back in time and change my life now. Um, and then when the alarm goes off, that's the key. Is like, it's midnight again. 
sleep some more. <laughs> um, I just, I just think it would be really cool. Anything else you want people to know about you? I like to cook. <laughs> <laughs> what kinds of stuff That's do you like name. to cook? Um, well, just kind of all kinds, not nouvelle stuff. Or st- I hate, I hate, I can't, I never try stuff where I have to buy something that this is the only thing I'll be able to use it in. <laughs> so kind of not fancy stuff, but, um, I just like to be self-sufficient in the kitchen. Like I just made some strawberry ice cream the other night. Oh my God, it's so good. I love being able to like make my own stuff instead of buying it food wise. This has been an in-depth getting to know you with Grant Parks, CTO of Rika Technologies and gotanappidea.com. We'll see you guys next time. This episode of Incubate This was brought to you by gotanappidea.com in partnership with Rika Technologies and The Rika Show. Visit us at rikatech.com for more fun with technology or at gotanappidea.com for more tips, tricks, strategies, and advice.